So I got to give you guys a disclaimer before you dive into this episode. I know you enjoyed my first conversations, Jessica and Matt. Her new husband was awesome. And today I am talking to her gay ex-husband, Steve. But I just wanted to let you know, like, I'm sitting here with my editing guy. And there's this crunching noise in this episode. And I was watching Steve while I was interviewing him. And he looked amazing and he was not chewing on anything. But it literally sounds like one of us is chewing on potato chips. But this episode was so good that we edited it out as much as we could. But I really needed you to, to hear it because this is this episode is literally gold. All right, here you go. Enjoy the crunching and enjoy the episode. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm doing crazy. I know I'm crazy. Hello, my lovely. I know I'm crazy with Naja Hall audience. So for the next part of this interesting family who is literally allowing me to come in and harass them and talk to everybody tonight, I have Steve. Now, you all know Steve is Steve and Jessica were happily married for seven years until Steve came out being gay, which inevitably ended in divorce. Now, we spoke to Matt last week, last time, and then we've already spoken to Jessica. So now we have Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey, Nadja. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. You know, I think it's so awesome what you guys are doing with your own podcast and your community, um, the following that you guys have built. And I think it's also even more awesome that you are all allowing me to ask you all these questions and get up all in your business. And we got nothing to hide. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Okay, so... I feel like I so I know so much about you because I've spoken to Steve adjacents, but I've not heard the story from the horse's mouth. And so I guess I'm just going to start asking questions based off of um, the other family members of yours that I've spoken to. The first question being is why after you and Jessica got divorced and you were already in a relationship with someone else, why did you have thoughts about coming back that is a good question <laughs> i know I'm, I, I'm going uh, straightforward honey yeah right <laughs> jessica and i had split she had moved back to boise we had finalized our divorce i was in a relationship with sebastian not his real name but that's what we call him in our podcast yeah yeah and um you know things were so good with him and it felt so right to finally be in a relationship with a man and someone, you know, he and I connected on so many levels and I loved him so much, but every other aspect of my life was just in utter turmoil. I had lost, you know, I, I, I had traded. It felt like my relationship with him for everything else in my life. I had lost everything else. Yeah. My, my so family, my happy my, point, but everything else kind of fell apart. Yes. My wife, my child, my relationship with my family, so many, my friends, my faith, my standing in the church, which meant so mm. much to me at that time. Yeah. So many things were just a disaster. And my mental health was just, you know, hanging by a thread. And honestly, I missed Jessica so much. And I just, I still loved her as much as I ever had. We just, you know, we'd concluded that we weren't right for each other as husband and wife, but I still loved and missed her. And, and it was so hard to let go of that. I mean, that was, that was a life I had worked towards for 29 years. And it was so hard for me Mm. to admit that I didn't get to have that, that it wasn't in the cards for me. It wasn't right for me. And part of me still just 
was hanging on to that possibility. And really what it boiled down to, Nadja, was I couldn't yet say I've done everything I possibly could. I, I, I just couldn't walk away from that without knowing that we had tried every single possible thing. And if there was still any chance of Jessica and I being able to work things out and be happy together, then I had to, I had to give it one last shot to do that. Mm. So how do you break it to Sebastian after him being the person to kind of help you to come to terms with your truth to say, listen, I know I've opened your heart. We are together. We're in love, but I want to give it another shot. So that means you had to essentially break his heart while your own was breaking in order to put your, your old life back together. So how did he react? You know, I wish I remembered more specifics of this. It was, it really was a long time a dark, ago. I know it was, and it was such a dark time that I, I, I know I've kind of blocked out a lot of the details of it, but from what I remember of it, it was honestly, I don't think he was surprised to hear that. I think he kind of potentially saw it coming. He knew what a struggle I was having to let go of that life. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, he had always said if there's any chance of she and I being able to work it out and if there was any chance of me being able to be happy with a woman that I should do it Mm. and I he was incredibly understanding and was wow ultimately him he he was understanding for the most part I mean it was when it actually came time for me to move out oh yeah go ahead so then when I actually moved out, it was really, he was really upset and there were lots of tears and angry words and just uh, right, high emotions sure. and understandably so, but I'm sure there but were for the most part, he was supportive of that decision. And yeah. So the fact that you're like, all right, I'm going to go try to work it out with my ex-wife and my daughter, cause we have a family together. Um, mm-hmm. and you had already built a relationship, a friendship with him. That probably means that you and him were not able to sustain a, a friendship when you decided no, to we, back, right? yeah we weren't and i for my sake i had to cut ties with him and not communicate him communicate with him during that time that jessica and i were trying again and it was it was a five-month period that she and i gave it another round and um she stayed in touch with him oddly enough and very kind of her to do so just kind of like give me updates now and again of she talked to sebastian and doing well or whatever but oh uh, wow yeah but he's he respected my need to cut ties and i think we spoke a couple times in there which was you know kind of me not being strong enough to stay away but yeah but uh it was hard it was almost it was just like it just kept flip-flopping i went from you know when i was with sebastian so missing jessica and still loving her and then when i left him for jessica again i still i missed him and i still felt like I loved him and I just was torn. It was like, either way, I just felt like I was only getting to live half a life and it just. That's it torture. Gosh, that is absolute torture. So then obviously there was five months that you tried that you guys tried and you're like, all right, listen, this is not, this is not going to work. We were, we were right. The first mm-hmm. time we gave it the old college try. My, yeah. I have a question. It's kind of a side note though, because we have a lot of male mm-hmm. listeners um, to this podcast as well. <laughs> totally off topic from from your family scenario, but I guess I'm kind of asking for a friend of a friend. So I have a friend that has not come out to his family at all. Under like his family 
Um, as a matter of fact, he was in a relationship with a woman for 15 years. He moved away and nobody knows this person. So I'm not even going to say the location, but he moved away from the city where his family was moved to a new city. So he could essentially start a new life. And mm-hmm. he began relationships with guys fell in love with a fella. Um, it's his first gay relationship, but he knows that he's gay. However, he wants a family in the traditional sense, meaning husband, wife, kid, traditional. Mm-hmm. What type of advice would you give to a person that is to his boyfriend like to the to the man that he's in a relationship with mm-hmm. what is a, what is a person supposed to do if they are in a relationship with a person who is just not out and is very reluctant to be that's a difficult position to be in um so you're asking specifically for the boyfriend of the person that isn't out yes family yes there. okay um well that's a position I, I know now I would really struggle to be in that position. I don't know that I'm the type of person that could maintain a relationship like that. Yeah. Um, but I think it would, it would take an incredible amount of patience and really empathy. If you can put yourself in that, in your boyfriend's shoes and understand why he is choosing not to be fully out and to tell his parents to embrace that side of himself. If you can understand why he's doing that and you can reconcile that and be okay with it, then by, by all means, that's, that's doable. But, but you wouldn't be able to do anything um, like that. But I, I guess my, my word of advice though, is don't do it at your expense. You know, mm. that's got to take a toll being yeah. on, on you, being with someone who is choosing to keep your relationship and their love for you a secret, a secret from other people that they care about and they love. I mean, that's, that's got to be a hard thing to embrace. Absolutely. So I guess that's my bit of advice is don't, don't do it at, at your own, at the expense of your own mental health and your own satisfaction in, in okay. the relationship. So, you know, I was right. I was right talking to my friend. I'm like, dude, that's like, that's kind of cruel and unusual punishment, but it's a lot to ask of someone. That's yeah. a whole lot to ask. Okay. So, okay. Getting back on track. So let's talk Matt. Let's talk your daughter's stepdaddy. You guys look so awesome in pictures. She has two dads. Um, I mean, I think it's such a beautiful thing. Let's let's talk being a dad. Let's talk being a divorced dad. How do you Mm -hmm. deal with the fact of knowing that your daughter is going to have this other male figure who could possibly be an influence in her life? And oh my God, he might love her. And how do you deal with that? What was your initial reaction? It uh, was a lot to take in initially, especially because of how fast Matt and Jessica got married. Holy moly, they moved quick. <laughs> how fast did they get married? Oh, like five minutes after they met. What <laughs> 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 it felt like. <laughs> Literally from their first date until their wedding, it was less than three months. Oh, Those God. two. That didn't You're come like, up in their that, interviews. That's a lot. That's fast. That's fast. Oh, it's so fast. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to be honest, it really came down to trusting Jessica. And she and I had this conversation. She and I had this conversation of me stating how nervous I was about her bringing someone into our daughter's life that she knew so little about and had known for such a short time Mm -hmm. and living in the same house together. I mean, this was, there were just so many things that concerned me about it, but 
it really just came down to me telling Jessica, I trust you. If you feel like this is a man that is worthy of being in your life and our daughter's life, and that you and our daughter can share a home with them and be safe and that this will be a positive influence, then I trust that and I support it. And that was so the attitude how was I went the introduction. Into Did she say, Hey, Steve, I met this new guy. Um, I like him. I want you to meet him. Not necessarily. I introduced them. Oh, I'm the one who introduced them. <laughs> Wait, I think I missed that whole part. Wait a minute. Yeah, I I knew Matt before Jessica did. Now I didn't like know the, him well. The hiking thing, or you, that you guys are mountain biking. biking. Mountain yes. biking. Yeah. Mountain okay. Biking. He, oh, I didn't put so, two together. Oh, yeah. So Matt and I met at church. And then shortly after that, we were mountain biking together. There were five or six of us that would go all the time. And mm-hmm. two of those were myself and Matt. And we went, I don't know how many times, five, ten, five times, ten times. But enough that I knew who he was. And we, you know, we had a friendship. And one of those times I was bringing Penny and dropping her off to Jessica while we were meeting to go biking or maybe just and they saw you whatever. But it was. And they saw each other. And oh. when I got back from biking, Jessica said, who is that hottie you were biking with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, to which I think I said, oh, I know. Aren't his calves amazing? Have you seen? <laughs> and we like talking about him. Yeah. Um, so at that point. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so yes, I knew Matt before Jessica did. Okay. You did though. But three months is super fast. And so fast. Did that affect, because you knew him, I guess, kind of on a friendship level, an acquaintance level. Um, Mm -hmm. Did that affect the perceived friendship? Because you're like, dude, that's my ex-wife and that's my kid. Like, is that against guy code? I don't know. I know about girl code, but not guy code. Is there something in there? Well, yeah. I mean, Matt was smart about how he went about it and very respectful. And Jessica asked him out. She's the one who made the first move of right after that mountain biking thing and basically said, hey, you know, uh, she asked him out. And so he then messaged me and said, hey, I'm not sure how to navigate this, but your what I just barely found out is now your ex-girlfriend slash ex-wife slash baby mama. It's <laughs> 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 like uh, she just asked me out and I am like you know, wanted to touch base with you and just kind of feel it out. To which I said, of course, you know, she and I, we've, we've cut, you know, we've went our separate ways. We're still on good terms where I'm supportive of her moving forward. You know, by all means, have at it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, that was yeah. res- but that still doesn't make it extremely easy. I think you were very gracious about it because some people would have been like, hell no, but you were like, yeah. but you know, you know like- what? how could I be any other way after the way Jessica had been with me and Sebastian? Like yeah. she had been so understanding and so supportive of me being with a man, even if it meant ending my marriage with her and splitting yeah. our family and for her to not be bitter and resentful and to try and stop that from occurring. How could I be anything except supportive of her moving forward with someone right. she's interested in, you know? Yeah. It was very much my chance to 
show her the support that she had showed me. You kind of paid it forward. So, so then you you are you still in a relationship with Sebastian? No, he and I didn't last long. Um, Why not? So after so, he and I dated. You know, while I was in Oklahoma, then I, as as already brought up, I broke up with him and dated Jessica for five months. Yeah. When Jessica and I broke up. It was about three years later, Sebastian and I dated again, but it didn't work out by then. I was in a much different place in life. I was not the emotional disaster that I had been prior. And, and really it was not, it was not a good fit for me. He and I just weren't right for each other. And that was much more apparent this time around now that I was in a, you know, much more stable place and standing on my own two feet. And so we, you know, we, after a second try, we, we moved on from each other. That's smart. That makes sense. Are you in a relationship now? I'm not. Uh, I'm single. Okay. Just, uh, I dated a guy for a couple months very recently, and that didn't work out. So back I I about two weeks ago, back to single. Okay, single and ready to mingle, honey. Single and ready to mingle. Listen, y'all, Steve <laughs> is fine, y'all. So look, y'all better go look at his picture. It's posted on the page. Y'all better look at it. You better... You better um, as we say in Memphis, Tennessee, honey, you better um, barbecue and not mildew. Y'all better jump. Okay, so let's get back. Let's get Putting back. in a good word for me. I like it. Yes. <laughs> okay, so talk about your baby girl. Because baby girl is in the middle of all of this. Were you ever worried about the perception, um, what people would say? Would she, because kids can be cruel sometimes. And you guys do have a yes. non-traditional family super non-traditional so were and you she has a gay dad i mean that's yeah that's right thing, it's like so. oh my dad's gay um and he's hot I... and he's right now people so <laughs> how do you help i her was absolutely her her her, her Sorry, reality i was absolutely terrified of what this was going to do to her and i was so worried that me choosing what was right for me was going to damage her chances at being happy and successful and fulfilled in life. Mm-hmm. And I was just so worried about it. It was absolutely my primary concern as Jessica and I went our separate way again. And thank goodness, real quick, I was able to get to a place where I could see that this doesn't have to be a devastating thing for our child. Like having, it will have its challenges, but it will also bring its, you know, good things to her life. And honestly, I think she's getting the coolest freaking upbringing of any kid. Like she has more life experience at her her age than most adults that I know. And just, she has, she just gets to see a lot of different ways of life and gets to experience, you know, she gets a very different experience with me at my house than she does at her mom's house. And I guess the thing I love about it is that when all's said and done, whatever she ends up being and doing with her life, I have no doubt that it will have been her choice because she's not just seeing one way of life, not being taught. This is how you need to be. She is getting to experience so many different things and she's just going to be so well-rounded and she will have been, she will have had exposure to so many ways of life that whichever way of life she chooses for herself I know it will be her choice, which yes. I love as opposed to her just, you know, so many of us, it seems like we just kind of end up on a path that we were put on, or this is how, mm. this is all we knew, or we were sheltered, or we didn't, we didn't explore, you know, she, right. she won't, 
find herself in that position. And I just, I love seeing her happy and fulfilled in life. And quite frankly, it, I, I feel like it has brought so much more good to her life than, than negative. I know that's not the case for so many split families and so many co-parents and, and that's true. There's a challenges and there definitely are challenges that have come to her through it. And she struggles now and again with having her parents separated or having two different homes or having to, you know, missing one while she's away from the other or, and probably every once in a while, I would guess she's got a little bit of an internal conflict of, you know, mom believes different things than dad does. Right. Life a very different way and kind of has different expectations of her now and again. But it's a very open dialogue, always has been. Of, I want her to live the life that she feels is right for her. And, whether, and it doesn't have to be the way I live and the way I do things and the way I believe things. It just has to be what she feels is right for herself. And it's... Uh, Makes sense. My approach to parenting. Makes sense. So you mentioned something, and, and it's an amazing thing. Um, you're kind of as you're guiding her, because I believe I believe parents should be our guides, but you are allowing her to kind of forge her own path and paint the picture of what her life is supposed to be. Um, and a lot of parents don't allow that. And so mm-hmm. because you also are living two different lifestyles, dad is single doing his thing mom is married and then there's another uh stepchild that comes in the home occasionally Matt's Matt's uh children and so what do you all do when there's disagreements about how the other person is running their household you know we've had very few of those instances surprisingly um and I think it really comes down to both both Jessica and myself very much respecting giving the other one the space to live the life they want to live and being supportive of that. It, it, it's really amazing to me. And honestly, I feel like out of the two of us, Jessica is the one that really could be and would be in a position of struggling with the influence that I might be bringing into her daughter's life, potentially, mm-hmm. given that she is still Mormon and in the church and her husband is. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm out. i you know, I live a very different life, very different than what she and I initially lived when we were married and how we intended on raising this child together. So the fact that she is, has allowed me the space to be myself and to express my beliefs and my values right. and my priorities openly to my daughter with no repercussions and no shame around that and has never, to my knowledge, ever said or done anything that, that gives Penny, our daughter, any reason to doubt her relationship with me or my my value as her father honestly just the way we have given that to each other has really allowed for each of us the space to instill in our daughter the type of values that we that we value ourselves and it's going to be so interesting to see how she turns out because of because right <laughs> because like, of the well just, kind of she's going to be shoot. so well-rounded <laughs> it's kind of a crapshoot because we you know we just we pour all these things into our kids we never know what we're going to get right. away so you know so let's talk about the church a little bit because you guys um mm-hmm. Initially, you were a part of the Mormon church and you both were devout. That was a lifestyle that you both you were raised in you, uh, raised in your marriage, per se. So what happened? Because I'm not really familiar. So did you decide to leave or was it because you came out that you no longer could be a part of the church? 
I decided to leave. I mean, there are some people who come out and choose to stay in the church. I, to be honest, I really don't understand that. I, I stayed. So when I was dating Sebastian during that time, I stayed in the church. And then when Jessica and I were dating, I stayed in the church. When she and I broke up the second time is when I finally said, I have to get out of the church. But prior to that, I just, just trying to do, to live both of those lives was just, I mean, it tore me apart. It was just so psychologically. Wait, you, two lives. Like, you couldn't take Sebastian to church with you or you couldn't be like, hey, I'm gay. So yeah, it, it just, I just, it's, it's not an environment. It's an environment that in me, at least I will only speak for myself here, that it just made me hate myself. It just instills mm. a sense of self-loathing being affiliated with a church and a religion that, that teaches that the way you are is wrong. Yeah. And that's tough to accept. That, oh, of course. <laughs> and and that's how, that's how I felt for 29 years. I mean, I was all into the church for 29 years, you know, and there was so for that many years, there was this part of myself that I just hated and that just wanted to go away and ignore. And <sighs> yeah, and it just, you know, it really took a long time for me to learn to just accept and love myself and to be okay with who I am and how I am. And to honestly to accept that what I really want in life instead of just things that I wanted to want or things that I thought I should want. I, I was counseled by one of my, my church leaders, a stake president who was basically like pretty high up in the church that I was meeting with weekly in Oklahoma to talk through things. And, and he, thank goodness, just he's a great guy, a good human being, because his advice to me wasn't stay in the church, stop this life, this is a sin, leave that behind. It was, it finally got to the point that he said, Steve, you have got to choose one life or the other and he's like and i and i'm not even going to try and counsel you on which you just have okay. to pick one or the other because if you keep doing both it will tear you apart and you will not be able to sustain this psychologically mm. and uh, and, he, and he was absolutely like, right trying mm -hmm. so for my own mental health i had to choose one or the other and walking away from the church it was it's it's been a very healthy thing for me to okay. to really turn inward for answers to really ask myself, what do I really believe? What do I really want? What do I really feel is right and wrong? As opposed to blindly following counsel that I had been taught my whole life and not ever really kind of questioning the, the system. Yeah. Right, right. So I think there's such a healthy thing about turning inward and asking yourself, what do I really think? What do I really feel despite what I'm being taught here? Yeah. And I just, that was not a skill or a, or a trait that I really had and adopted in life until after you know coming out it was right for me it to seems answer like there were so many awakenings for you kind of at one time in your life yes a whole lot of enlightenment yes. at one time that's a lot that's a lot on somebody's mental health though because it's like what i knew yesterday is today i'm not so sure about any of that and so and that was a devastating realization to to have to admit this doctrine and this religion that i have followed 100 percent and fully believed yeah has all the answers and will lead me down a path of happiness to admit shoot i guess it isn't right I guess it wasn't you're like now oh. what that was that was devastating to have to admit that and to have to to change courses and ultimately to start down a path that where i wasn't provided all the answers mm -hmm. you know in the church there was an answer for everything right and church I, lays everything I, for you you don't have to yeah. really think for yourself which is the exactly thing that's exactly it is i never had to really think for myself or plan ahead for myself on what i wanted 
and where I wanted to be in life. It was kind of laid out for me. So to not have that, it was scary to all of a sudden not have all the answers. (laughs) To not have this covering and security of, okay, so boom, I have a book that I refer to. I have a team of people whom I go to. Um, I have a leader to not having anything. You're like, God, I gotta figure this out on my own. And it took a long time for me to really gain self-confidence in determining what was right for myself and really following my own intuition and making a decision, moving forward and feeling confident in this is right for me. This is a place for me. This is a good path for me to be on. So considering that you decided to break away from the church, but Jessica and Matt are still a part of it, that means that your daughter, when she's with you, she won't go. And then when she's with them, she will go to church. Um, there's a lot of families that have completely two conflicting faiths. Um, you know, I know some agnostics mm-hmm. and some super Christians that are trying to raise children together. And that's always a place of major conflict. Where do you guys find the middle ground with that? Does your partner share kids with a loony? Are your stepkids driving you up a wall? Is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmom is where you need to be. We're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. Each month, our members enjoy private conversations, podcasts, expert workshops, a subscription to Stepmom Magazine, and monthly live Zoom meetings. If you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life, visit VIP Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP, VIP, Stepmoms, that's you and me. Uh, this is again very much something I've left up to Penny and we've had many conversations about this going back to probably when she was three mm-hmm. is when we first started talking about the fact that you are going to be taught different things in your mom's house than you are here about God, about the purpose of life, about how to live your life each day, about what's right and what's wrong, uh, what's acceptable behavior, not acceptable behavior. And my stance was... Penny, I want you to decide this for yourself. I want you to listen to your heart and do what you feel is right. If you like going to church and if you feel good when you're there, go. And if you want to go, even on your days with me, I will take you. And I said, I'm not going to go with you. And Mm. same thing with like praying. If you want to pray while you're here, if you want to pray and read scriptures before bedtime, by all means, do it. I'm not going to do that with you unless you want me to, but just know that's not something I feel a need to do. But, um, but my approach has always been do what you feel is right for yourself. But I've always given it with one little, little disclaimer is Penny, if I ever feel like if I ever start feeling like you are doing something for the wrong reasons, I will interject. If I ever feel like you are choosing to do something, not because it's what you feel. Yeah. Not because it's what you feel is right for yourself, but it's because what someone else told you or what you read in some book and what someone told you should believe like. I, that then I will step in. And there's been very few times where I kind of feel like she's being swayed. Kind of really said something that she was is a, a kid, little bit, you know, kids uh, are impressionable. And so know. that's, that's kind of a yeah. tough line. Cause you don't know if she's yeah. just, it's just because of parenting or yeah. she being, you know, it's, that's a tough, right. that's a tough one. I, yeah, yeah. But I like what you, but to be honest, I, I have, no, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I've tried to really keep my finger on like, is she authentically 
happy and fulfilled by what she's participating in in the church and whatever aspect that might be. And the answer is yes, she loves church. She eats it up. She really likes the lessons she's learning and the songs and the friend group she has there and the activities they do. And, and she's learning, you know, there's so much good that can come from that. She's learning so many things from that and how to behave and how to res respect other people and how to believe in something bigger and how to have goals for herself in life. And, how to yeah. serve others and be which is one of the great parts of forgiving of church, and, you know that's right definitely so many good things can come from that and so many good things that i have in my life that are part of me that i learned in the church and she's very much me at that age when i was you know six seven eight nine years old i loved church and i loved it for the same reason she does. really and i see that I it's funny it. that she, yeah it's funny to me that she is so much so much like me when I was her like she's Aww. a lot different than me the way I am now but so much like me the way I was then which is funny because she's never seen that side of me in her life but you know, uh, I don't know I guess that's you know the soul knows Steve you can't deny that soul connection that we have especially girls and daughters exactly. I have that type of connection with my dad still to this day yeah so then um but but you, you know with with church like I was there yesterday because Penny I want to support her and yeah. the things that are important to her. And yesterday she sang a solo in church. Oh. So I went to support her. So I go probably three or four times a year when she has a, she a has part in the, the program or does a solo or yeah. So I'll go. If she if she invites me because she wants me to come be a part of something important she's doing, then I go. Right. Okay. Awesome. So then but otherwise no. What about coming out? Because you know, as as a heterosexual person. And being part of the majority when it comes to sexuality, especially in this country and the world, I guess, I didn't have to come out. You know, we don't have this big thing. There's no closet that I had right. to hide in. Um, I had the privilege of not having to do that. But you, on the other hand, um, I guess you felt so oppressed by what society and what your environment told you that you had to do that you hid a big, you killed off a big piece of yourself for a very long time. Who was the hardest person mm -hmm. to? Yeah. come out to aside from jessica and your daughter my dad what did he say when you told him when i came out to him it was before i i was still with jessica we were still married i was still choosing to stay on that path i had decided it was time for me to admit to them that i'm gay but i'm choosing to stay in my marriage and in the church and i'm choosing not to embrace that side of myself and to looking back, I'm not sure I used the word gay. I think what I used was I struggle with same sex attraction. Okay. That seemed like, Did they say, wait, that's gay. A lot of my family members had very little exposure to. Oh, okay. Like I, one of my siblings literally, when I came out to her, she couldn't think of a single gay person she knew. I was literally <laughs> the first. But I just knew that my dad was going to be a tough one to move forward with. Um, mm -hmm. He was very supportive at that point because my stance was, this is a big, you know, this is my cross in life. This is the burden I have to bear, but I've dealt with it. I'm, I have healthy things in place to make sure that this is something I don't give into and that I'm, you know, that I can stay on the straight and narrow and stay in my marriage. So at that point, coming out that way, it was much easier than coming out saying, I kind of had to come out to him all twice because then it was literally only a few months later that I had to kind of come out again and say, you know what? I actually am going to, 
I actually am married. myself, yeah. and Jessica and I are getting divorced, <gasps> etc. So that was much harder, and and um, and he and I have not maintained a good relationship. You know, it's been ten years now, and we basically share a family at this point. Me and me and my. Dad. So that means that when you come around, there's not a lot of conversation. There's not. No, there's a there's a hello when I get there, and there's a goodbye several days later when I leave. But there's nothing in between. So what about with your mother then? My mother is wonderful. She struggles with this and, and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't like to hear about, she doesn't want to know a lot of the details of this side of my life, but mm-hmm. she, she made it clear to me that she chooses me. Mm-hmm. I am her son. She wants me in her life. She is not going to let this come between us. And she supports me in living a life that I feel is right for myself. Are there boundaries with partners? What because mom said that she doesn't really want to hear about it. So what about when you fall in love and get ready to get married again? Um, you know, I wonder what that will be like. It's really hard to picture uh, merging those two worlds. So far, there's been one instance where those worlds collided. And oh, my gosh, it was craziness. So Crazy me. town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's because I was dating someone when Penny got baptized. So when Penny was baptized, which you do at age eight in the Mormon church, mm-hmm. she was getting baptized and wanted to invite my boyfriend and his family, which she knew and was close with he and i were together for about a year and a half naturally she wanted to have the people that were important in her life invited to her baptism and yes absolutely her mom and i had talked about it penny and i talked about it and we decided yeah we're going to invite my boyfriend and his family and man was that hard for me (laughs) it went fine it actually went really well everyone was very cordial and very kind to him and to them and it was you know, there was nothing ugly or mean or, or it, it was good. It was positive, but yeah. uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. And I, <laughs> you know, like, but even my dad, even my dad sat and had a conversation with my boyfriend for a couple of minutes at one point. So really? It was just very so cordial. Is it the fact that, because he didn't that- sit and have a conversation with me, mind you, but he sat and had a conversation <laughs> with my boyfriend. You're like, dude. But can you, can you imagine? No, you imagine I can't this imagine because it's let like, me, so, why are you talking to him? And I'm your kid. Like, what? Yeah. Well, let me let me lay this out for you. So it's post baptism. We are back at the luncheon at. So we're at my ex wife's house with my boyfriend and his family and my dad, who doesn't really speak to me, but finds himself sitting next to my boyfriend having a conversation. Sitting <laughs> together. Oh, this is like a like a scene out of a literally. Movie. Yeah. So, so that's literally the only time that those two worlds have really kind of very okay, forcefully. It didn't go so bad though. It, it, so then no, it didn't. It didn't go so bad. bad. So that was that was a good thing. But to be quite honest, I don't know. I really cannot picture myself ever bringing a boyfriend to family gatherings, or I. It's, it's going to be a really tough chapter when I find myself in a serious relationship and have we'll to cross that bridge when we get to it. Then. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We... But I think a lot of my siblings will be much more open to it and all, but I will, you know, I will let them kind of be the ones to, if they, if, I, if he and I are invited, we will join. If he and I are not invited, we won't kind of a thing. It's just, I'll let them kind of lay the groundwork for what they're comfortable with. But right. it's really it's really hard for me to picture what that's going to look like and how it will go smoothly. I think it will just be a time where I have to start splitting my time even more. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Because, who knows? you know, because it kind of feels like your dad, he just doesn't 
no like you're his son obviously that's never going to change and he's able to have conversations with you but it's like it kind of just feels like he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to just say hey son how are you today because you know maybe he sees you as something completely different when you're literally the exact same person that you've always been and you know like so i don't know i don't know that's a tough thing what advice do you have to parents that are trying to navigate their child's sexuality when it's not what they hoped that's so odd to me where parents kind of want to dictate their kids sexuality but what advice do you have to the parents that are trying to um dealing with disappointment or anger or frustration because their kid is not sticking their hoo-ha where they wanted them to right (laughs) well you've got to choose to put your child first you got to do what my mom did which was Find a way to communicate to them. You want them in your life no matter what. No matter what they choose, no matter how they are, no matter what differences you have, you want them in your life. And this does not change that fact. And man, it makes me choked up just thinking about that. But that's the message that needs to be received because I guarantee you that's something that has been a fear of of your child is will I lose my relationship? with this mm. person when I come Which out. Is probably what's keeping them from being able to live their truth in the first place. So in whatever whatever the way is you choose to communicate that to, to them, find some way to make it clear that you choose them. Yeah. That you want them in your life. And this doesn't change that fact. And that whatever difficulties come, whatever differences there are, you are willing and able to find a way to navigate them. And that you guys will get through it. Because that's a devastating thought to think. I may very well lose this relationship. Right. So very important. By choosing to embrace how I am and who I am. Yeah. So then what advice do you have for dads whose kids might be getting a new stepdad or who already have? Like what's best practice for the divorced or separated dad? I want it's going to be best for my kid, of course, as any parent does. Mm -hmm. What's best for me and what's best for my kid might not be the same thing. What's comfortable for me might not be what's comfortable for my kid and vice versa. Ultimately, I want my daughter to feel comfortable in both her homes with both her dads, both her families. I want her to have a, I want her to be healthy and happy even when she's not in my home. And in order for her to be that, I want her to have a positive relationship with her stepdad. I support that. Anything I can do to instill in her a positive relationship with him, I will do because it's good for her. You know, why would I want my kid to to be intimidated or scared or feel distant from the man that she's living with when she's not with me? You know, that's so I guess my advice is just to to recognize that her feeling closeness building a positive relationship with her stepdad is in her best interest and therefore it's in your best interest. I feel like I could ask you 20 trillion more questions, but I've already held you way over the, the, the time <laughs> that I said I would, but I had so much fun talking to you, Steve. Likewise. This has been I great. Had an amazing time. Yeah, I, th- I think so highly of Jessica. I met her on Instagram mm. and your family. I've listened to you guys' podcast. You guys all out there, please be sure to check out the Husband-in-Law podcast available just like this one on all streaming platforms and leave them a note, leave them a five-star excellent review. Let them know that uh, you heard their family here at I Know I'm Crazy. And let's all show Steve some love. Steve, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. 
all right everybody so that wraps it up that's that's literally that this wraps it up i'm gonna probably do an entirely different episode on my thoughts on my time with all of the members of this amazing family because I mean, we there's so many lessons to be learned from these human beings. So I hope that you all will go out and support Steve, Matt, and Jessica in their endeavor, in their husband-in-law podcast. And I will see you guys soon. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll talk to you guys soon. Or you guys will hear me soon. Whatever. I know I'm crazy with Naja Hall. Everywhere your favorite streaming platforms are available. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. I know I'm crazy. With Naja Hall.